Welcome to the Fremont Presbyterian Church Podcast. Here at Fremont, we create space for people to become lifelong followers of Jesus, and we relentlessly pursue His transformation of our neighborhood, our city, and the world. Here's today's message. We continue in our series this morning on the idea of being sent, looking at moments throughout Scripture when God sent out His people for His purpose and His mission. Today we'll be, we will be in Luke chapter 9, when Jesus, this moment when Jesus sends out the 12 disciples that have been following him for, for some amount of time, it's kind of early in Jesus' ministry, he sends them out on a short-term mission trip of sorts to proclaim the gospel. So let us turn now, Luke chapter 9, uh, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 6, and then we'll go down and look at verse 10 as well. It says this, and he, that is Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And wherever, wherever they do not receive you, When you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And verse 10, on their return, the apostles told him, that is Jesus, all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I want to begin with a question this morning. Maybe this is an experience you've had, a time where you maybe have had a hard time letting go and letting another person do something, a task, a project, maybe a chore that you could have done yourself and maybe even done a better job yourself. Maybe something at work, something you're trying to delegate. Uh, it would have been faster if you could have just done it yourself. Or, or one of your kids, a chore around the house, something you've asked them to clean. Is it going to be clean to your standard? Maybe not. Is it going to take them all afternoon? In my house, yes. When I was a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for many years, and I often had students, usually freshman boys, that wanted to help uh, plan and lead games at youth group. And, and to be honest, it probably would have been easier for me to just go ahead and prep and lead the games myself, because when freshman boys get the opportunity to lead games like dodgeball, does it go well? Sometimes. Is it safe? Almost never. But part of what we do, whether it's our kids or or boys at youth group or at work, we really are inviting others. This is how we help others learn and grow, right? We, We want people to experience things for themselves. This is what we see in our passage this morning. This is what Jesus is doing. He sends out the 12 on this trip while he was still on earth, long before his death and resurrection. Could Jesus have done a better job sharing the good news and healing people? I mean, it's Jesus. Yeah, I'm not going to count. I'm not going to, you know, think anything other than, yeah, probably. But that's not the point. What we see in our passage today is that Jesus' kingdom program was always, from the very beginning, to invite his people, his church, his disciples, into his mission. The plan was always to send us out. 
The plan was for all, us to always be an extension and expression of his ministry and his presence in the world. The church is not plan B. It's not God saying, oh, I guess this is the best I've got. The church has always been plan A. And God is faithful to call, equip, and send his church, his people, for his purpose in the world. And I want that idea that the church is called, and Jesus' intention has always been to send his people to really ground what we're looking at today as we explore how and why Jesus sends the disciples. First, we see that Jesus sends his disciples as part of their learning, right? That's what we kind of wants them to experience this for themselves. This is what Jesus is doing. This is what makes him such a great teacher, He knows what his disciples need in order to learn. We often hear that word, uh, disciple or discipleship. We call ourselves disciples of Jesus. We we use that word a lot in church, call ourselves his followers and disciples. But I, I don't want that word to lose its meaning. Maybe you've heard it said that a disciple is a learner. And this is true, one who learns. But learning for the sake of having more knowledge is not the point. Sometimes we think of learning as happening only in a classroom. Learning to get the information. Memorizing, flashcards, the whole thing. Sometimes we think that the purpose of learning is to get the right information, to get the right answers on the exams, to get good grades, to pass the course, to get the piece of paper at the end of four years or however many it takes you, to say, yeah, you know stuff. And then we get to practice what we've learned. But we spend a lot of time in classrooms. I I went to UC Davis. I studied film. That's movies. And I often joke that I have a diploma that says I'm very good at watching movies. I still am very good at watching movies. I get to practice that. But really, part of the goal of of, uh, learning and education is, is not just to get a piece of paper, but actually... To, to be formed, uh, to not just to get knowledge and receive it, but to come out and be shaped like something, a, a good movie watcher, but shaped like our teacher. For Jesus, in teaching his disciples, the goal, the purpose, was not that they would be good Bible scholars or that they would really understand the law of Moses. The goal of his teaching is that they would be like him, that they would learn from the teacher in order to be like the teacher and to live like him. Dallas Willard wrote this about being a disciple of Jesus. He said, if I am Jesus' disciple, that means that I am with Jesus to learn from Jesus how to be like Jesus. I am with him to learn from him how to be like him. But the how to be like him, that's the goal so that we would carry that out. The word discipleship carries with it this sense of apprenticeship. That's the relationship that Jesus has with his disciples. They were apprenticing him, learning with the purpose that they could go and do likewise. Learning in order to become capable of doing what the teacher does or to become what the teacher is. It's not just about book learning. Discipleship is the integration of what we learn into every aspect of our lives, that we would be changed and transformed by it. We learn about Christ so we can be like him, not to impress our friends. 
or impress the other people at our Bible study, or to impress our pastors. We're very impressed. We spend time with Christ because we want to be like him, and we want to do what he's called us to do. Over the last couple of months, I've been um, re-watching the Indiana Jones movies because I'm, I'm good at watching movies. And in one of them, Indy, that's Indiana Jones, uh, he's an adventurer and an archaeologist. He's involved in a motorcycle chase that ends up in his university's library. And one of his students looks up from this stack of books and says, Dr. Jones, I have a question for you about such and such historical archaeologist or whatever, right? He's knee-deep in a set of textbooks. And Indiana Jones gets up, he brushes debris off of his jacket and says, you want to be a good archaeologist, kid? Get out of the library. And then he storms off, continuing in his chase. But I love that moment. You want to be a good archaeologist? You've got to get out of the library because that's, Jesus knew, knows that about his disciples, They have got to get out there and start practicing this stuff that they've been learning. We've got to get out there and start doing. We've got to get out there to what God has actually sent us to do. And this is, this maybe is the rub because you may be wondering if you're ready. I doubt the disciples thought that they were ready. All of a sudden, Jesus has called them together and says, you're going to go cast out demons and heal the sick. Sure, they had seen Jesus do this, but them? What about us? But me? Have you ever felt inadequate? Like you're behind? Like you don't know enough? Oh, so-and-so, they've been a Christian a lot longer than I have. You see, the disciples, they weren't finished with their learning. They were just getting started, right? Jesus is still a ways off from his death and resurrection. But Jesus sent them anyway. He said, all right, all right, disciples, get out there and try this for yourself. We often think of the Great Commission, uh, we'll be looking at in the coming weeks, as as this thing, we've got to go and make disciples of all nations because Jesus has gone away. And that is true. But here in this passage, Jesus sends sends them while he's still there. And I think it's like this when we're preparing for anything. How can we know if we're truly ready? Studying for an exam, training in a new skill. At what point do you know that you're really ready for that which you have been preparing? I talked to a few people this week who have run marathons, because I have not. And I asked about their training. And uh, keeping in mind, this is coming from a non-marathon runner. uh, I I was kind of asking, you know, at what point do you actually run the 26.2 miles? And for most first-time marathon runners, you don't actually do that until it is race day. So in effect, you could wake up on race day and say, I've never done this before. I don't know if I can do it. You're not going to know until you are actually doing it. We train, we prepare, but at some point we have to get out there and say, has the training paid off? Am I actually doing this? So when I say that Jesus sends his disciples that they would learn, I'm saying that we're sent that we would really put into practice what it means to be like Jesus, to proclaim the gospel, to share love and compassion with others, that we could practice the way of Jesus and grow in that, even if we feel inadequately prepared, that we're sent to take what we know and what we've learned and integrate it into our lives, integrate that into our relationships with our friends, our families, our coworkers. What does it look like to 
practice being like the teacher this week? What would it look like to practice being like the, the teacher, that is Jesus, in your home today, at work tomorrow, with your family or your roommates? And, and the amazing thing is that our practice, right, we keep using that word practice, is not meaningless. The disciples, it says that they went and they preached the gospel and they were healing people everywhere. All of a sudden, they were doing it. And people were changed. This is the, this is the, good, this is the goodness of our teacher. He, he says, you're ready and I'm confident in you. Go on. Then we move to another aspect of Jesus' sending. He sends us, as we see in the passage, with everything we need. The passage tells us that he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And then he tells them this. Take nothing for your journey. No staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money. And do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. Jesus says, take nothing with you. You already have everything you need. I'm giving you power and authority. What more could you need? It's a strange thing. Jesus seems to tell them to forego even minimal preparation for like a normal journey to the next town. Jesus said, don't take anything. Whatever you would would do to get to the next town, don't even worry about that. There's no elaborate preparation, no packing list to check again and again, no trips to Costco or last-minute Amazon orders hoping that the extra tunic will arrive. This is contrary to our modern sensibilities. I'm literally getting an Amazon notification right now. I really should (laughs) mute these things. Um, This is contrary to our modern sensibilities, our desire to over-prepare. We need to make sure that we anticipate every possibility, any situation that might arise. This is is what is in us. We, We have this desire to control, to prepare in advance for everything. Think about the last trip that you took, last trip out of town, vacation, all the things that you had to do to get ready before you leave. The anxiety of of packing, of finding a dog sitter, whatever it is. Or if you're me, we're going on a trip with a baby and all the extra things you need for the one-year-old. Or frankly, just leaving the house with a baby. The disciples are about to do one of the most important things anyone will do. They're going to proclaim the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, take nothing with you. Don't worry about prep. Just get out there. He's saying, I've given you power and authority to do this, and I'll take care of the rest. I should note, this is a unique moment, because there are other times where Jesus does tell them to bring some things. Um, So, you know, we don't have to throw out all preparation out the window, of course, but this is an apprenticeship lesson from Jesus. He, He wants them to trust him, trust that he has given them what we need, equipped us sufficiently, and that he will continue to provide. And Jesus actually brings this up later. So he sends him out in Luke 9, to take nothing with you. And then in Luke 22, verse 35, it says this, and Jesus said to the disciples, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? They say, we lacked nothing. He's reminding them, hey, Remember that time I sent you out and I told you to bring nothing? Did that turn out all right? Yes, they say. 
It's not just that Jesus invites us to trust him. It's that he proves over and over again in our lives and the lives of the disciples that he is trustworthy and dependable. That the disciples in that moment, in Luke 22, they could look back to how Jesus sent them earlier and say, you know what? I can depend on him. That turned out all right. And what I love about Jesus' instructions here is that it doesn't mean that everything is going to turn out perfect. He invites them to trust him, and then he seems to anticipate the hardships that they will face. He expects them to receive hospitality, yes, but he also expects them to be rejected. He tells them from the outset, you will not find universal success. And all of this, taking nothing with you, you will encounter hardships and rejection. All of this is somehow still not foolishness. This is how good our teacher is, that he is a trustworthy savior. He says, they won't have you, shake the dust off your feet and move on because I'm still with you and I've given you everything you need. Jesus is eliminating all the excuses that might come up. You you don't feel equipped? You don't feel smart enough? Not experienced enough? Not prepared? It's okay. He's taking care of it all. And finally, what did he send them to do? He sends them on his mission. He gives them instructions. He charges them to proclaim the kingdom of God and heal the sick. He's giving them what they need, power and authority, power over demons and to heal, and authority in the name of the king himself to proclaim the kingdom. Again, can you imagine being the disciples? They understood Jesus was doing these things. They knew that these things were possible. They had a theoretical understanding of the good news. But for them to do this too? I picture Jesus calling them together, leaning in with a smile on his face. All right, disciples, I know you think you can't do this, but I'm telling you you can, and I'm giving you power and authority to do it. Jesus is saying to them, this is my gospel. This is what I've been talking about. It's good news for all people. Good news that speaks to the physical and the spiritual. Casting out demons and healing the sick. Good news for the poor and for the poor in spirit. Healing for the sick with disease and the sick with sin. Deliverance for those under spiritual and physical oppression. Transformation from idolatry and into new life with him. It is good news for all people. And he says, I want you to go and proclaim this. I'm sending you. I'm confident that you can do it. Jesus is good news. His gospel is is holistic. It's all-encompassing. It's comprehensive. It's good news for every aspect of our lives, every part of us that is stained or plagued by the consequences of sin in this world. Proclaiming the the kingdom, it dismantles the spiritual principalities, the power of false gods and idols, the power of evil forces. And it meets us in our physical, tangible needs, our suffering and healing disease. This integrated gospel cannot be known from a classroom alone. The gospel is not a theory or a good idea. It is the proclamation of the kingdom that sets people free. Not a definition from a textbook. The gospel is good news that transforms those who hear it and believe and changes everything, the physical and the spiritual. The disciples would see this firsthand, just like we're invited to see this firsthand too. 
This is why we are, as a church, we aim to, to be a church that so, shows generosity and care to physical and spiritual needs. That's why we end every service, you'll hear it in a few minutes, with an invitation to receive prayer, but also to talk to one of our deacons about tangible needs you may, ha- you may have. We see this in our local ministry partners throughout the city. Ministries that are meeting physical needs while also offering spiritual care and the message of the gospel. This is what we're sent to do, to be an extension of Christ in our neighborhoods, in our city, and throughout the world. And this is a high calling. And you may be sitting here, and I'm going to close with this. You may be sitting here today thinking, I I don't know if I can do this. I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm just trying to get through each day, and I'm barely staying above water. I'm trying to get through work or some difficult season at home. I'm overextended as it is. I want us to see how this passage ends. Luke 9, verse 10. On their return, the apostles told Jesus all that they had done. And then he took them, and they withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. In the Gospel of Mark, in the same story, this is what Mark writes, and Jesus said to them, after they had come and report what had happened, he says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Jesus insists that they rest, that they get away and find time to be with him, to get renewal. I I love this picture because this is Jesus' rhythm, work and rest, service and renewal, pouring oneself out and being filled up again. If you're feeling weary as it is, remember that the invitation when we are sent by God is also to find our rest in him. What does Jesus say? I will give you rest. To come back to him and find that. And there are so few pursuits in our culture that say, go ahead, take a rest, get away. Everything in our culture is about the hustle, about producing, about getting ahead. The disciples, though, they come back, they report what they've done. We actually don't even know how well they did. We just kind of assume it worked out, I guess. We don't get the metrics. Jesus doesn't capitalize on the momentum of their mission trip. He really should have done a big revival right after. He says, no, let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's take a break. Even as God calls us to places that we would never have imagined and calls us into situations that are uncomfortable, that are beyond what we thought we could do, he also invites us always to find rest in him. And so church, I ask, how are you being sent this week? How are you being sent to proclaim the kingdom these next six days? What if seven days from now we all came back next Sunday excited to share with each other what God had done in our week? Like the disciples when they returned to Jesus and they're thrilled to share everything that they had done. And when we come together next week, we enter into rest on a Sabbath day in worship of God. In worship of a God who provided everything we needed every day of the previous week. You see, this is good news for weary disciples among us. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Even as he sends, he invites. If we, if we get that out of whack, we will, we will struggle. We will burn out. 
We will feel that bitterness. We will just continue to feel weariness. So as we think about the next week, we we are sent for something. But Sunday is just next Sunday. And come and find our rest in him. And of course we can do that anytime. That's the amazing thing. We have this incredible access to our Lord. In quiet moments, throughout our day, throughout our week, we can quiet ourselves and find rest with him. And so remember this morning that we are plan A for the kingdom of God. He is sending us out to proclaim his kingdom and his gospel. He has equipped us and he provides for us always. And then he invites us back to rest in him. And now we can get out there and we can go. We can get out of the library and try things for ourselves. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this rest that you have given us. We thank you for this picture that we have of your son Jesus inviting us to get away with him. Lord, we recognize our high calling. I pray that you would show us this week the places that you're sending us to, the people you're sending us to, and that we'd be able to come back next week excited to report back to you, to one another in this community, the things that you've done in and through us. And God, we thank you for your gospel, that it is good news for all people and good news for us. Let's be faithful to proclaim that everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Fremont Presbyterian Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit fremontpress.org. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 a.m. in the sanctuary for classic worship and 10.30 a.m. in the Community Life Center for modern worship. You can catch the live stream of both services at fremontpress.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get the latest episode each week. Thanks for listening.